You're listening to the Voices Behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast... Hello and welcome to this episode of Women's Cricket Chat. And we are joined by the lovely Kath Hempenstall, all the way from Wok Wok in Australia. (laughs) She is a former Victoria player, Melbourne Stars in the Big Bash, and then Western Australia, Perth Scorchers, and now head coach at png women's team so you've sort of been all over hey kath welcome to the pod you're joining me georgie and alex and it's amazing to have you we've all we've figured out the time difference finally you're back from qualifiers and here we are to talk all things your career and also everything that's going on with png women's cricket oh thanks for having me on ladies it's exciting to be here in sunny wak wak or not so sunny today you know what wak wak the, even the name makes it exciting no matter if there's nothing <laughs> happening there i think you're gonna be okay uh, so we'll we'll let you have novelty. that. It sounds far better than anywhere I can think of in England, unless you've come across somewhere that's got a rude name, and then we can all have an immature chuckle. <laughs> so let's just start. So you've just come back from the T Twenty World Qualifiers with the PNG team. Is this what sort of last week, couple of weeks ago now? What was that experience like for you and the team to be part of? Because you chased down 168 against Scotland. You had leading run scorers. You had. You had some phenomenal performances and PNG cricket is really on the rise, isn't it? Yeah, it was an incredible experience for, for everyone involved, Georgie. And it was such a it was such a wonderful tournament as well. Um, obviously, we didn't progress through the World Cup, but there were so many positives for us to take away. And like you said, we had um, probably the highlight was that exciting run chase against Scotland, which, um, which at the time, the record's actually been broken in the last week. We were the sixth highest run chase in women's cricket, successful run chase. I think we've been bumped down to seven after um, Australia, one of Australia's games the other night. But um, yeah, it was, it was such a great experience, Georgie and, and Alex. It was, um, you know, it was the first time that the, the PNG, the Laywers, is the name of our, our national team, which means love or heart. That's what it translates to in English. First time that, yeah, first time that the, the girls have played since the last qualifiers, which were in 2019. So there was a lot of excitement amongst the group to, to get back to international cricket and, you know, to see where we're at. And, yeah, I think all things considered, we performed pretty well given the lack of cricket we had in the lead-up. So it was super exciting. And, yeah, we unearthed a few, I guess, stars amongst our group. Tanya Ruma being the standout, ended up being the leading run scorer of the competition. She's had a bit of a breakout period the last few months. And um, Vicky Ara, one of our off-spinners, ended up being the second leading wicket taker as well. So there was lots of excitement from that tour. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to a World Cup coming up. But yeah, there was lots of positives to take out of that tour. And like you say, you're able to compete against the likes of perhaps slightly more established associate nations like Scotland. That must fill you with some joy and kind of show to the world that although cricket is still sort of coming through in PNG, you, you are sort of, sort of helping to put them on the map and to show that you can compete with the likes of Scotland. That's got to that's got to be something that's really pleasing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know from our end, you know, we've broken now so many record scores in the last few months, which has been super exciting. But the other exciting thing is other teams are doing that too, which is you know really really impressive for the women's game. Yes, we've improved a lot in the last few months, but so have a lot of other teams, and it's been interesting to track the programs of different teams, especially like a, a team like Ireland, I guess, that have gone professional recently, and you know the gains they've been able to make through that period. So we hope to be able to match it with these teams going forward, remain competitive. Hopefully, our program becomes more more and more professional but I certainly think it's um, put us on the map a little bit you know we had lots of people commentating on wow we expected you guys to finish last 
given the lack of cricket that you've played in the lead up, but all of a sudden we've got all these new fans and, you know, with our girls, they play a really, really exciting brand of cricket. It's a little bit higher risk, high reward. So when it doesn't come off, you know, it doesn't look so great. But um, when it does come off, you know, that was one of the best chases I've ever witnessed that game against Scotland where Tanya Rumor and Brenda Brenda Tower were able to get us home in the end there. But yeah, play a really exciting brand of cricket and it's, I can't wait to see where, the, where cricket takes a lot of these girls. I think there's so much more room left in the tank for this group of players to improve, which is really, really exciting. And you say that about the players, you know, what cricket can bring for them, because we see, you know, across the world, we see a lot of professionalisation of the sport, people who can spend their whole time training or thinking cricket, doing cricket. But for the girls playing in PNG, a lot of them, some of them are the sole providers for their family. What, seven of 15 are mothers. How do they balance that? And how do you sort of incorporate that into training and being able to be like, right, okay, we've got to consider that there are so many other factors. And it's a very different world over in PNG, say, to play people playing cricket in England. So their experiences, what family life is like. So how does that work for you? And how do you sort of incorporate that into the team ethos and the training? Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, Georgie. We've definitely got some unique challenges compared to a lot of other nations. But on the flip side, we've got some super exciting stories um, that have come out of our squad. And yeah, like you said, a lot of, a lot of our players, you know, the provider, the main provider, for their families and you know in case of um, a young one of our young players Hollander Eager she's a 19 year old player who is the sole provider for her family so you know there's a there's different sort of pressures on the players that we have and there's different sort of challenges outside of cricket and you know our girls are on a contract and a wage which is fantastic it's not a lot of money but it has to be spread a long way unfortunately for some of our girls but they're pretty inspiring, I would have to say. You know, PNG is a country where the women don't have a lot of power. And, you know, you've almost, in a way, I don't want to say this in a way that exposes any of our girls, but it, you've sort of drawn the short straw if you're a woman growing up in, in PNG, that you've got a lot of challenges that you have to face. And I think our girls are really inspiring and, you know, showing women in PNG and around the world that, you know, you can. You can go and put yourself out there and achieve your dreams and travel the world and, you know, be a superstar and put yourself on the map and do all these exciting things as a woman and, you know, earn an income and provide for your family. I think it's a really inspiring thing for our girls to do. And whether they realize it or not, they probably don't realize the gravity of what they're, what they're doing, but it's a, you know, it's, it's inspirational. I know I keep saying that, but some of the stories that have come out of our group are just incredible. And I think. When you compare us to other nations, I know every nation's got their challenge, and particularly associate nations and, and women's teams, but ours are, are very, very unique. And some of the things that our girls have had to overcome just to get onto the field is pretty incredible. Yeah, and you mentioned Holland Deruga there. She's actually also only 19, isn't she? And she made her debut, was it, at that qualifier. So she sort of skyrocketed into everyone's, into the zeitgeist. Is she someone that we're going to all have to keep our eyes and ears out for? Oh, absolutely. I think so, Georgia. Yeah, it was really, it was super exciting to witness a debut while we were away on, on tour and really, really exciting for young Holland. Unfortunately for her, you know, as a sort of a um, one of our biggest up and coming talents, she hasn't had the opportunity in the last few years to play a great deal of cricket, which, you know, when you're that sort of 17 to 19 years old, that's when you're sort of finding your feet and, you know, you know, growing up and physically and, you know, understanding the game of cricket. So she's missed out on a big part of her development there but she's a super exciting player to watch she's a real impact player for us she bowls fast and isn't scared to bowl a bouncer and you know she bats like um 
there's no tomorrow really. Like she goes out swinging, which we really like about her. And that's the role that she plays in our team. And, you know, it doesn't always come off and that's okay. But yeah, I've seen some pretty impressive innings from Holland with the bat. I know she, after the qualifiers, we went to Vanuatu and played in a Pacific Cup and she scored 30 or 13 balls there and took a five for as well and a hat trick. And she's a super, super exciting player to watch. She's high risk, high reward, but um, she plays a really exciting brand of cricket and you just can't help but be drawn to, to watching her play when she goes out there. You surely can't think, though, like uh, a call-up to a franchise team, perhaps maybe Women's Big Bash next year, the 100. Surely that's got to come soon for her because if she's doing all this now at 19, even on the big stage, surely she's ready to take that step and those franchises should be aware of her. Well, I hope this podcast goes out to the franchises, Alex, because, um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I watched her play a game on the weekend. She's actually in Perth, Australia at the moment, training. Uh, she's been training with the Western Australia squad, got a lot of Perth scorchers in that squad, and she's been playing uh, Premier Cricket over there. And I, I tuned into the stream, and on the weekend she scored, I think it was 23 off 16 balls, hit a really big six. And this is playing against players that play in the big bash. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think with a lot of our girls, you know, they just need that break. They just need that chance. And we're trying to get the right eyes on them because the brand of cricket that our girls play is very well suited to T20. You know, it's a very, they can, a lot of them can hit sixes, which in the women's game, you know, it's, it's evolving, but not everyone can hit them. So when you come across players that can hit them and a player like Holland that can hit them, you know, in the first sort of few balls that she faces, it's pretty unique. So I'd love for Holland to play as much cricket as she can over the next few years. And sometimes it's a case of with this franchise cricket, right place, right time. And if there's an injury or, a, you know, someone withdraws and if you're the next person standing closest and you can hit sixes and bowl fast, you just, you just never, never know. And they're the conversations that I've had with Holland. You never, never know where cricket can take you, but just keep working hard and, you know, keep hitting those sixes and bowling fast and, you know, hopefully someone picks you up in one of these teams. And you mentioned that break, which segues me nicely onto (laughs) their break, which I was involved with this year, the first one. We had PNG player Kaya Arua there. She was the only PNG representation, but... She was part of that and she was involved in that. And looking ahead, I guess the hope is to have more and more PNG players involved to sort of get their name in that, involved with, you know, players from over 30 countries and then get into these sort of franchise sizes and give them that screen time. Because obviously Alex and I know that PNG are playing cricket and you've got these star players, but it's something you just need that coverage and you need to be able to see it. And I guess that is the the fair break that they need. So from something like that. So what are your hopes going forward with, the tournament like fair break and getting those names out there and showing that they can do it on this global stage. Yeah, I, I thought the fair break was sensational. I tuned into the, the broadcast myself and had obviously a vested interest with our captain Kyra Rua um, taking place and I just enjoyed everything that it was about. I think, you know, it's so wonderful that, you know, it's an opportunity for players from associate nations to be unearthed and, you know, play in these tournaments around the world and, and show the skills that they have and the uniqueness that every nation brings. Everyone's got their different style of cricket and, you know, PNG's no, no different. We've got ours. But um, I thought that was just such a wonderful tournament and I would love for more of our players to, to get involved in that tournament going forward. I think, like I said before, we play a really exciting brand of cricket and I think when PNG get an exposure and the chance to, you know, whether it's as a team play in different tournaments or an opportunity like fair break with different players getting opportunities. I think, you know, if PNG are going well, that's good for women's cricket because, you know, it's so exciting in the way we play. But yeah, I thought Kai was fantastic in that tournament. She spoke so positively about her experiences. I know she had an absolute ball on the field, but she also had a ball off the field and it's a great opportunity for her to, you know, go and meet people and, you know, understand different nations and what their setup is in women's cricket and, you know, 
at the same time be able to rub shoulders with, you know, absolute superstars of the game like Sophie Devine and I know Danny Wyatt was in her team as well. And, you know, she spoke so positively about the experience and got so much out of it. So I'd love for more of our players to be able to get involved in that tournament going forward. And I'm certainly looking forward to tuning into the next one. Yeah, you say that, you know, she was on that Falcons team and there were some real global stars on there, like some Susie Bates and Marazan Cap, Danny Wyatt. So for her, what did she say the experience was like as part of that team? Was it a bit, I because I found it daunting going along as part of the media at first. I was like, these are some of the biggest names in women's cricket. But she was playing alongside them. But it must have been an incredible experience for just the growth of her game, but also her as a person being like, look, I do belong in this space on the global stage. I can hold my own against some of the biggest names in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I've still got the screen recording of the first wicket she took in that tournament on my phone and I'm straight on to posting that in the group chat when it happened. It was so exciting. But yeah, she got she got so much out of it, Georgie. I mean, she was, like you said, she was in such a star-studded lineup, And I think, unfortunately, Marazine Cat was quite ill throughout that tournament. So I'm not sure she actually took the field. But um, we weren't sure how many games Kai was going to play in that team, given the, the strength of it. But she actually got a few more than we were probably expecting. And I thought she held her own pretty well when she did get her opportunity. But yeah, like I said, she she got so much out of that tournament and I think you know the more these opportunities for, for players opening up and the more of these franchise leagues that open up around the world it gives more and more opportunity for, for cricketers coming through and you just never know who you're going to unearth in these sorts of competitions but yeah it was such a wonderful experience for, for Kaya and you know she can't wait to be to be involved in the next one. And so for you is seeing something like that and Kaya performing on the stage and you know being at the World T20 qualifiers is that the kind of reason you took up this role with PNG because, you know, you could see the potential it had and what impact you could have. And how how do you feel that you have managed to change it and what's next for you? So lots of questions in one go. So how did you, <laughs> why did you come to take up this role with PNG and how much does it mean to you to see your players doing that and you know what potential they have going forward from that? Yeah, well, lots of great questions in there, Georgie, and I'm not sure I knew all the answers to them when I when I took on the role. Um, when, when I actually took on the role, I was only on a three-month contract. The women had never had a, a full-time women's coach up until this point, and uh, my role was to take them to the, the 50-over World Cup qualifiers, which were at the end of 2021 in Zimbabwe. So I was just on a three-month contract to do that tournament. Um, unfortunately, we never made it to that tournament. We had a COVID outbreak in the week leading up to it, so we had to withdraw and then of course, that tournament never went ahead anyway because of the Omicron variant. But so I was only meant to do a three-month contract and then, you know, discussions started happening with the board and management at Cricket PNG about making the women's side more professional and that meant employing a full-time head coach. So I went through the process there and has been working with the girls ever since, which is super exciting. But um, I think, um, I can't even remember what all your questions were now, Georgie, but um, when I took on the role, I was, you know, really keen to get, I guess, an international break and a, and a coaching experience. And I was really keen to, to stay involved in the game when I retired and had done a bit of coaching along the way and really enjoyed it. So I thought, what a wonderful opportunity to to take on a national side and, and go to the qualifiers. But there's been so many other parts to the role that I probably didn't think too much about before I took it on that have been an added bonus, I guess. I've learned so much about PNG culture along the way and still got a, a lot to learn, don't get me wrong. But what's been, I guess, one of the most exciting things about the role is 
learning about the girls and their stories and their families and their upbringing and how that's impacted, I guess, the way that they play cricket and their personalities. And they've just got the most beautiful sense of community and family. Everywhere we have travelled to with these girls, there's been someone from PNG. I know there was someone from PNG in Dubai. Um, when we've been to Australia, um, Indonesia, Vanuatu, there's little PNG contingencies all around the world. And they always catch up with us. They always put on meals for us, dinners. We've had the most wonderful um, events through this community and they're just the most generous caring you know selfless people that I've ever met and I never would have known any of that about PNG culture if I hadn't have taken on this role so it's um they've just got yeah I I can't uh, it's something that you probably have to experience to truly know what I'm talking about but their sense of family and community is just something that I've learned so much about and really enjoyed that that part of the role and getting to know their families and their stories and like you said before Georgia we've got seven mothers in the team which is just mind-blowing. I, I played a lot of cricket with Sarah Elliott from Australia growing up and uh, growing up I should say at, at a senior level but um and she she's got three children now but I remember when her first son born was born Sam and she was still playing cricket and you know breastfeeding and managing you know having a baby that was just and don't get me wrong that was just one of the most incredible experiences I guess for her and we're just sitting there going how on earth is she managing this and now all of a sudden I'm I'm managing seven players that have got children and that just seems to be the norm. I'm just still struggling to get my head around that, but they're just, they're just incredible, these ladies. And, you know, the, the stories that they have to, to share and the, and the hurdles that they overcome to play cricket is just, yeah, that's a really cute puppy. Um, <laughs> just don't want to scream, but um, yeah. yeah just, uh, for, for anyone listening and not watching this, I've just been attacked by the dog. He appeared on my lap about a minute ago and is making noises. And Kath has just oh, seen funny. him pop up on my shoulder. Stay down there. Good dog. <laughs> Nightmare yeah. life. Oh, good. That's funny. Not the first dog to pop up on Zoom, I'm sure. and won't be the last. <laughs> but yeah, what you were saying there was really interesting. And it feels like... A sport in PNG is on the rise, not just in cricket. We've just seen with the recent Rugby League World Cup, both teams do very well. So hopefully PNG can get that support now, not just for cricket, but for all sports. And then really, you know, show that PNG are a competitive nation and they deserve to be at these tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually been a really exciting time for um for all sport in the Pacific at the moment. I know we've got a few journeys journalists that, that cover the cricket and they've been so busy covering the rugby, the rugby sevens, the rugby league, the netball, the soccer. There's been so much sport going on, both men's and women's, which is super, super exciting because not a lot of teams in the Pacific get a lot of exposure, I guess, in well, for sport as one. So yeah, super, super exciting that, you know, we're starting to build our own story as a, as a cricket team and hopefully getting our stories out there because like I said, there's some incredible stories that have come out of our group. But, you know, the more exposure we can get the better I think obviously like any associate nation and a lot of women's teams we struggle with you know access to resources and funding you know there's some big challenges that we face but I'm hoping the more we can you know get people tuned into our games and following our team you know that exposure will will lead to something and hopefully that something is more cricket because yeah like you said you know it's a really exciting time for for cricket and PNG and you know we're trying to ride the wave of a little bit of momentum that we got at those qualifiers and we, we want it to continue and we think Given the chance, we can genuinely be competitive um, against a lot of these teams that at the moment are probably a little bit stronger than us. But given a little bit more cricket and some more access to resources, we've got some incredible players in our squad and they just need that little bit more of exposure and a little bit more experience playing cricket. 
and you mentioned that you know you've got a little bit of support from the media what is the support like in general for PNG cricket is it is it one where it's growing or is it one where you've got like you know your dedicated fans who are there for every game what's it kind of like because obviously in England we know what support is like in Austra- in, in the big countries we know what it's like so we're curious to know in countries like PNG Scotland how well followed is the team? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I probably don't fully know the answer to it. The national sport in, in, in PNG is rugby league. That is basically like um, religion and they go absolutely mad for it. Um, and a lot of our girls follow the, the national rugby league competition in Australia. So if you ever meet our girls, that, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, they'll want to know what's your NRL team. So, you know, rugby league is, is mad. It's really hard for any other sports to get a lot of exposure. But unfortunately, we haven't played, the women haven't played a home series in PNG since 2016. We, it's a bit of a challenge for us to convince teams to come to PNG. So I haven't had the opportunity to witness you know, a home crowd or anything like that. I know our men recently played a, a home series, but it was lower at the qualifiers, which, you know, would have been cool for the girls to, to witness that. It's been a long time since there's been cricket in PNG. But look, I, I think there's definitely an appetite for it. I know a, there's a lot of people tuned into some of our social media channels. And, you know, there's a couple of videos that went up on our girls singing the song. We've probably got one of the best team songs in, in world cricket. And that got a lot of exposure and views and comments and you know it's overwhelmingly positive obviously when you sing in the team song it means you've had a win but um it's been really really positive and I think you know the more exposure we can get whether it's you know people tuning into our games or even through social social platforms the better for us but we've played all of our games away at the moment and like I said there's always a PNG contingency that follows us around and even though they might not be cricket fans they are by the time they meet us so I think there's certainly it's a, it's a growth area and you know it's like I said before we're looking for opportunities to, for um, these women to be, I guess, role models and, you know, be real leaders in, in the community for PNG and for women in general over for it. We just need to get a bit better at, at sharing our story at the end of the day. Yeah, so we talk about, you know, that culture and the support fans, but also I was reading that Hollandruga is from, is it pronounced Hanuabada? Hanuabada, yes. Yeah, Hanuabada, yeah, and that is sort of... The big village. That is like the cricket village, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So we've got 17 girls on contract at the moment and 14 of them live in this village, the same village. So I don't think you'll meet a cricket team that's more connected than our group. They pretty much all neighbours and then they go and train together every day and a lot of them are related. I keep joking that we should do a flow chart in our team and work out how um, everyone's related in our team because the girls will tell you this person, you know, they're quite big extended families, but they've found a way that just about everyone's related to everyone in some way, shape or form. So it's pretty funny, but yeah, we've got it's kind of known as the cricket village. It actually translates to the big village, um, Hanubara. And I think there's 18,000 people that live in that village. And when you consider, well, I think, that, well, I thought there was 9 million people that live in PNG, but there was actually an article that came out this week. They think it's actually doubled that. So I'm not sure the record keeping is going too well in PNG. But when you consider there's a small, well, a big village with 18,000 and we're doing the majority of our recruiting out of that village. It's pretty crazy. So our girls are really connected. They pretty much, it's like they are all related and their family while they're on tour. But I think the exciting thing is there's cricket outside of that village and it's something that probably as an organisation we need to get a bit better at travelling around PNG and finding these different players. I know we had a player in our under-19s, her name's Chanel Ambo, and she's, most people in PNG are not overly tall, but this girl's an absolute beanpole and really exciting fast bowler, and she's from Popandetta, which um, I don't know the PNG regions too well, I probably shouldn't have put that out there, but um, 
it's from near the Kokoda track, I think. I'll have to do some more research and get back to you girls. But And so I'm thinking, well, if a player like Chanel can pop out of this region, who else is out there that we're missing? So that's sort of, um, you know, a challenge for us over the next 12 months to travel around PNG and find these players. They're super exciting talents. Most of them are pretty good athletes as well. And, you know, it's, it's not that easy to travel around in PNG. There's a lot of mountains and you actually have to fly between cities. You can't drive. So there are some challenges. But, yeah, I think the exciting thing is there's probably players out there that, that we're missing but yeah it is pretty funny that most of our players come from the one village I have this really funny idea of you sort of like getting on the bus to a game and being like wait I know you you were at this family wedding you're my cousin you're my cousin's and just everyone and it's like this big episode of long lost family but just like on the way to the cricket which I think is that just sounds amazing and I think it's that that um, sort of family atmosphere it seems to have like obviously I've never seen PNG play live but I can tell from the way you talk about it it does have that family feel to anyway not necessarily just because people might be related anyway but they sort of have that family feel about it and I think every team needs that kind of thing at their core because if you get along like a family and like a group then you're going to want to work for each other aren't you? Yeah absolutely I think you've hit the nail on the head there there's a lot of teams that are trying so hard to, to build connection at the moment between the team with that theory that the more connected you are off the field you know the better you'll work together on the field and so when I walked into this group I thought this is hilarious so many teams are working so hard to build this connection and you girls have sort of just got it organically because you spend just about every living moment together but it's pretty special to witness there's even some great crossover between the men's and the women's team I know the men's captain Asad Vala is married to um, Palakai Siaka who's our most senior player in the women's team and they've got a son and obviously when they both go on tour there's the challenges of you know making sure that he's looked after so it's a pretty special thing to witness and you know both teams look after each other really really well but yeah it's a, it's really really special and you mentioned the men's team briefly there and you're talking about how you know they're trying to build to more equality did I read somewhere that they're aiming for wage equality between the men's and the women's by 2025-26 and that's actually that's huge because you've got these massive nations in the in in the world you know the likes of India Australia New Zealand and obviously India just the BCCI just announced this year you know equal match fees for their men's and women's same with New Zealand but it's amazing that PNG are already taking this step and like look we know we want to do this this is what we want we're giving this equality and that is something that's really important so is that something that's sort of at the core they're treating the men's and the women's on that sort of equal pegging yeah I think it's a great opportunity as an organization to to be a bit of a leader in PNG and using sport as a vehicle to to be that leader like I said before you know in a country like PNG you know the the men have a, a lot of power a lot of you know the expectations on women in society is that you know they don't go out and play cricket they stay home and they do domestic chores and they look after the children and and that's that's, you know, that's what they do with their lives. So, you know, we've got a real opportunity here with this incredible group of women to put them on a bit of a platform. And yeah, you're right, pay them comparable wages to the men and show that, you know, equal work, equal pay type thing. And, you know, I think it's it's really, really exciting. So 2025 probably can't come fast enough for our girls. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a step in the right direction, certainly. So we've talked a lot about your role with PNG, PNG cricket, but we also need to talk about you, Kath, the cricketer, and how that all came about for you. So how did you first get involved with cricket yourself and playing? Uh, well, like a, a lot of I think Australian kids, I grew up playing cricket in the backyard with my family and had some you know good battles against my two brothers. Played cricket as well. I've got two brothers and a, and a sister. She joined in occasionally, so we'd play a lot in the backyard growing up. And then I started playing junior cricket. I think I was nine or ten years of age. Started in the under tens and sort of worked my way through through junior cricket there at a club called Abbotsfield in um, in Melbourne, Australia. So I played a few different sports growing up, cricket 
tennis, some AFL footy, athletics, to name a few. But cricket was the one that really, really stuck for me. And yeah, I probably started to take it a little bit serious more serious when I got older, got picked up in an underage Victorian team and then sort of fell into the, the pathway or the system there. And yeah, then obviously got my first contract with Victoria. I think I was 20 years of age and yeah, had a yeah had a, had a fantastic time playing cricket at that level and premier, a lot of premier cricket in Victoria and, and Perth as well. So um, I've got really, really fond memories of my time in cricket and, you know, made some of my best friends through cricket and obviously I'm still involved now. So, um, you know, I, I could never thank cricket enough for what it's given me. It's given me the opportunity to, to meet so many fantastic people and have wonderful experiences and now through this role, travel the world, which is pretty exciting and be introduced to, to even more people along the way. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed my cricketing journey and, and I hope it continues for, for quite some time to come. Growing up, did you have any role models you looked up to? Any female role models in particular or was it all just mainly male? Um, yeah, good question. Um, I remember, yeah, just, just loving Ricky Ponting growing up. I loved watching him play. Um, I still love listening to him on the commentary. Massive Ricky Ponting fan. Yeah, that's a really good question, Alex. I probably didn't have a lot of female boarding role models growing up anyway because they weren't on the TV and we didn't have you know digital media like we do now and I think that's one of the most magnificent things about well social media for one I know it gets a really bad rap but now it's so easy to find someone that's relatable to you and maybe has got a similar story and someone that you can really look up to that you know so so relatable so I think that's the really cool thing about where women's sport has gone and you know I think social media and broadcast deals have really really helped with that obviously but you know I think if I was a young girl growing up today Alex and you asked me that question in 10-15 years time I'd probably reel off a whole heap of female sporting role models but I can't think of any in particular I remember watching a, a World Cup game uh, actually I don't even know if it was a World Cup game Australia versus India and um, I remember watching the likes of Belinda Clark batting Melanie Jones maybe even the Blackwells were playing then and so I had a bit of an idea that women's cricket existed one of my primary school teachers was actually an Australian selector and she probably someone that pushed me her name was Mark Jennings pushed me to I think she actually got me into a trial at primary school level but I was just absolutely rubbish then so I went to the trial and I just couldn't match it <laughs> and then I almost forgot that <laughs> women's cricket existed for a little little bit so that was funny that was an interesting experience so then when I got picked up a little bit later I was like oh okay I must have improved but um I probably tennis was the one I remember watching Serena Williams and I played a bit of tennis and in tennis that was a sport I guess where there was a, a bit more I guess exposure for the women you know there's obviously the men's Australian Open and Wimbledon and, and the women's as well. So, but in terms of cricketing role models, there just wasn't that opportunity to watch them like there is today. And I think that's one of the most exciting things about what the progression of the game of cricket that I saw. And, you know, when I was growing up, it was like this. And now today, it's, you know, it's almost like I can't escape it. It's everywhere. When you turn on your TV, it's on your phone, it's, you know, it's everywhere, which is a magnificent thing. Just this week in recording, we had that incredible super over finish between India and Australia in, in front of a sellout 45,000 crowd. And I think if that doesn't prove just how much traction the women's game is, I'm not sure what's going to. Oh, that was, um, I mean, not that I, I haven't actually tuned into that game. I mean, I read the scorecard as soon as I, I woke up and watched a couple of highlights, but what a great spectacle. And I, I think I was looking forward to this series. You know, I, I think it's been a while since Australia's actually played in India. And I, and I did wonder, you know, are there going to be big crowds? Like surely the game's grown so much in the last time that Australia toured India. And what you, you're absolutely right. Like what a great spectacle. And, you know, it just shows that there's there's an appetite for, for cricket and women's cricket. And, you know, obviously India is like the central hub of cricket. There's so many cricket fans over there. But what an experience to be able to play in in front of such a massive crowd and, and to put on a game of that quality is just, yeah, that is 
absolutely outstanding. And, you know, like you say, women's cricket is always growing and on the rise. You've actually got to be a part of the starting of, you know, the Big Bash. And now must be so great for you to see how it's grown since being involved. So tell us a little bit about your time in the WBBL and what the crowds were like back then and now what it's like. Yeah, I still, I still remember. I don't know if we were part of the first WBBL game, but I remember our first one at the Melbourne Stars and it was probably two or 3,000 people that came through the gates, which is a significant amount of people. But, you know, back then it was like this WBBL one. We were like, wow, who are these people? And, you know, this can't just be family and friends all of a sudden. And I remember Ash Barty played in that game, the Brisbane Heat, the <laughs> tennis player, pretty incredible. She was having a bit of a break from tennis at that stage. And I just remember, you know, all of a sudden there was just this excitement, you know, growing around women's cricket. You know, there was a bit of a buzz in the atmosphere and we actually played two games in a row we played the Brisbane Heat twice in in the same day but that doesn't matter and it was just so it was so exciting and I just thought wow this is incredible and when I probably one of the highlights of my not my playing career but my time in cricket was going to that final of the T20 World Cup at the MCG and um, I'm not the most emotional person but I felt like I had a I started choking up a little bit at the start of that game just just the fact that there were so many people in the stands and, and like you said before Alex to be there at the start of I guess my cricketing journey when women's cricket was certainly not on the map like it is today and then to think wow I've been a part of this whole you know I've played a really small part in what this you know, spectacle is and to see, I don't know how many, 80, 90 odd thousand people in, in the stadium there to watch um, women's cricket and maybe, you know, tune into Katy Perry as well. But um, that was just the most exciting thing for me. I just thought this is, this is absolutely incredible and I, I can't wait to see where cricket is in the next five to 10 years. And just on the WBBL and the BBL, you've actually got some of your PNG players at the game going on today. So, you know, <laughs> that's one of the books and, you know, coaching bragging rights and all that. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We've got, um, we've actually got seven players in Australia at the moment spread throughout. There's some in Perth, some in Canberra and some in Brisbane as well. And said to them, go and watch as much cricket as you can while you're in Australia, while you get the chance. Unfortunately, the girls don't get that opportunity to do that in PNG. We don't host a lot of cricket. So got three uh, at the at the Big Bash tonight. There's the Stars and the Thunder. And I actually tuned in to the game and, and I actually saw three of our players in the background and um, sent them a message and said, oh, girls, you've just been on TV. And then they're on TV again when they were reading my message and the excitement on their faces, they're screaming and laughing, obviously going, we're on TV. So that was pretty funny. So I've turned it off now, obviously, it's in the background. I've got the TV there. But, um, yeah, pretty exciting for our girls to, to witness something like this. And, you know, it's sometimes in this role, you know, obviously I've grown up in Australia and the girls have grown up in PNG, which is completely different, obviously. But, um, you know, being able to witness these experiences, even though I'm not there, with the girls things like going to a cricket game and you know there's been a whole host of experiences we actually went to a cricket game in the UAE we went to India versus Afghanistan and you know where Virat Kohli broke the drought and hit his first hundred in a long long time and just the excitement on the girls faces I've still got a video on my phone of them all screaming with excitement when he makes his hundred you know that's a special experience in itself but for our girls who haven't you know, growing up, being able to go to big stadiums and watch cricket and, you know, have that experience. It's a pretty special thing to, to witness. So I'm super excited that we've got some girls at the BBL tonight. I managed to take a couple of girls that, between Perth, Holland, Riga and Sivana uh, Dimi. We went to a WBBL game and they met Beth Booney and Sophie Devine and Elisa Healy. Super exciting for them. So, yeah, it, it's really, really special and it, it makes you sort of realise, you know, how awesome these, these opportunities are for the girls. And I love that you seeing them on telly is basically like proof that they've done their homework 
Well, I was just relieved because I organised the tickets for them and I didn't give them any information of where the game was. Or they've sorted it out themselves. They've jumped on the bus. They've got down to Monica and I was just a little bit relieved, to be honest. But, um, well, they've found their seats, so good on them. But, yeah, they sent me a photo actually earlier in the night of them with their KFC bucket hats on. So I thought, oh, well, that's a good, that's a good start. So uh, <laughs> if, there's, if, there's anything that proves, there. <laughs> if there's anything that proves you're at a big bash game, it's a KFC bucket hat. <laughs> Yeah, so they've got their souvenirs. I'm not sure if they'll make it back to PNG, but um, yeah, no, nah, super exciting for the girls to go and watch them. Some cricket it's when you go, it's when you go and pick them up from the airport, and they're still wearing them. Well, it's one way to um, you know, recognise them from afar. I guess the KFC bucket hats, and you get yeah. through security. I guess it's just a piece of cardboard. So um, yeah, yeah really maybe you're onto something there, Georgie. And you find <laughs> that you sort of you see them experiencing that, and you know, it's quite it's a big difference for them, and it makes you realise the sort of stark difference between when you were growing up and cricket was easily accessible to watch and like some of the biggest leagues and for them you're like you know I've got them their tickets I've got them there and I didn't I didn't send them on the bus and for them that's such a stark contrast almost between what we all have there just sort of on the doorstep. Yeah you're absolutely right and it's just so special to see how happy they are when they get to to do these experiences. I know the Canberra girls as well when we got there the West Indies were actually playing a warm-up game and they were just so excited to you know watch them just walking around the nets and you know I don't even know if any training was going on and then we got to watch them play a bit of their warm-up game and you know pretty exciting. I mean the West Indies are a pretty exciting team to watch but um you know people are just sort of sitting in the crowd and having a bit of a look and our girls are absolutely beaming at you know the opportunity to to see an international side you know test side and play them and be, you know, at a quite an intimate venue. It seems at Phillips Oval in, in Canberra. Like, what a special experience for them. And, you know, I, I love that cricket is opening so many doors for these girls to be able to do these experiences. I think, you know, obviously we're trying to push for them to play as much and there's a the performance side of things, but it's really, really special when they get to do things like this and, you know, travel the world, go to a cricket game, you know, stay in different hotels and, you know, go on aeroplane. You know, some of these things are real novelty for our girls. We had an under-19 side that I took to the World Cup qualifiers and that was one of the more incredible experiences of my life, I think. We had these girls that think of all of them, only one or two had ever been on a plane. They didn't actually have birth certificates a few, a few weeks out from when we were due to leave, so we had to organise passports and visas real quick, got them on a plane. Most of them never been on a plane, never stayed in a hotel. We organised bank cards for them. You know, the concept of digital money was foreign to our girls. They'd only ever used cash and were, everything was a first. And I thought, wow, what what an incredible experience for these girls to, you know, be able to do all these things. And if it wasn't for cricket, potentially they never would have happened. You know, a lot of these girls had never left the village. So um, cricket opened so many doors for our girls and we speak about that a lot. And, you know, the, we try and use as an avenue for that, the more exciting brand of cricket we can play and, you know, win as many games as we can. It's not always about winning, but if we can play an exciting brand of cricket, you just never know what doors are going to, to open for you. And I think that's been a really special part of the experience, not only for the girls, but for me as well. And I saw a lovely quote from an article or about the PNG team and it was that cricket helps us feel important it gives us the courage to fight and I think that's something really nice and it sort of sums up the sort of transcendent aspect of sport and how it is more than just a game it's life-changing for some people yeah and I think no more than than for our girls well you know like I said before like cricket gives these girls a platform and um you know it's, it's a platform that's not easy to get a hold of you PNG so I think it's wonderful they're all incredible role models you know they they inspire me every day every every staff member that we bring into our group when they leave just comments on you know the impact that our girls have had on them and you know a really positive impact and you know they're really really special people and I think you know it's so great that cricket is providing the the platform for these girls and you know I, I can't wait to see you know the more I guess 
people we get tuned into our games and, and following following our group of girls and, you know, listening to their stories, you know, the, the I guess the bigger our fan base grows, you know, the bigger that platform will get for the girls. And I think that can only be a good thing, not only for, you know, cricket and PNG, but for women in general in, in PNG. I think, you know, our girls are incredible role models and hopefully can show girls in PNG that, you know, there's opportunities out there, whether they're through sport or other avenues for women to, you know, do something different from the norm, you know, not have to be staying home and doing domestic chores and just be expected to, to have children and not do anything too exciting with too much more exciting with your life outside of that so I think it's um yeah incredible what our girls are doing and you know hopefully we can get them more and more exposure so they can be even more impactful and you mentioned you know different roles around cricket obviously you've gone from playing into coaching is that something that you always intended to get involved in and what's it like to am I right that you've had Julia Price alongside you coaching we previously (laughs) had her on the podcast when she was involved with the USA so sort of twofold question Ah, you always intend to go into coaching and what's it like working along someone who's such a legend of the game well, to answer your first question, no, not really. Yeah, I'd done a little bit along along the way and really enjoyed it. And I guess, you know, to go back on to one of the questions that Alex asked earlier, I didn't think this was an avenue for a career path when I was growing up. So it didn't really, you know, it wasn't at the forefront of my mind until probably the last few years that I was that I was playing that I realised, hang on, there are actually some opportunities here and, and they're only going to grow. So no, it wasn't always the plan to, to get into coaching. Like I said, I've done bits and pieces along the way and I've had other roles um, outside of cricket that have probably helped me with a lot of the skill sets that are required to be a, a coach and any particular a head coach so you know I've really enjoyed my time with PNG I, I hope to do it for some time to come and you know I'm not sure where this where the next opportunity will be but I've really enjoyed this coaching experience and I have to say it's a it's a pretty unique one at that so um, you know there's been lots of I guess things that I've learned about myself and and my coaching as well which I probably wouldn't have got from a lot of different other other different environments and to answer your second question Price is an absolute legend and I guess with my with my coaching experience or somewhat of a lack of experience considering the level that I'm coaching at, I, I asked her if she'd be involved with us and I couldn't believe our luck when she said yes. And she's had an incredible impact on our, our group. She came to us with the, to the World Cup qualifiers in the UAE and she was a big reason that we made the progression that we did during that period. She was not only huge for our group, but she's been a, a really good, I guess, a mentor for me. She's got that head coaching experience and I really, you know, there's not too many people with a more diverse, coaching resume than than Pricey. She's had experience in women's, men's, you know, international level, associate level, full member. And so I still speak to Pricey and, you know, she's got, you know, some incredible insights, some incredible knowledge to share, um, not only with the girls, but with me as well. And I hope we can continue to work with her in the future. But yeah, she was huge for our group and, you know, the girls really enjoyed having her around the group as well. She's a really good fun person to be around. She can be a little bit blunt at times, but um, I really like that about her because you know you know where you stand, which is exactly the sort of feedback I needed as a as a young, I guess, up and coming coach. So um, yeah, Pricey Pricey was awesome, and yeah, we really enjoyed having her on tour with us. And so, what's next for you and the PNG team? Well, hopefully, as much cricket as possible that's what we're aiming for we've got a tournament in Australia coming up January where we'll play in Canberra against some Australian teams it's a called the it's called the A Triple C. It's against basically it's a state based competition. So um, you know, Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, all the other states, they enter a team. And I think to qualify you have to be you have to have grown up in uh, regional Victoria, somewhere like Wakwak, not regional Victoria, regional Australia. But we enter a team as PNG, which is pretty cool. So, you know, it's just an opportunity for us to play more more cricket and more cricket on turf, which is a challenge in our region. A lot of the cricket we play 
is on synthetic. So we've got that coming up. We've got a tournament in March that will be in Fiji, and that's against the other Pacific nations. So Vanuatu, Samoa, <laughs> Georgie's pointing in the background, um, and who's the other team? Fiji, sorry, obviously. So we'll play a tournament in March, and then our big event for the year is the regional T20 World Cup qualifiers. So the winner of our region will go through to the next T20 World Cup qualifiers. So in our region, we've got those Pacific nations, as well as Japan, Indonesia are playing, potentially one other side. I'm not too sure. That's in um, September, and that'll take place in Vanuatu. So we travel to some pretty uh, pretty cool places with cricket, but we're hoping that um, you know if we can get some more sponsors on board, that we can play some more cricket throughout the year, because you know three tournaments, although it sounds like a lot, they're pretty short tournaments, and you know you don't get a lot of exposure when you're only playing cricket for you know tournaments that only last a week or whatever these tournaments last for. So it's not a great deal. We've got our domestic season as well. So our dry season runs from sort of March to September. So we'll play some cricket at home. And then obviously the fair break tournament for individual players as well, which is super, super exciting. So um, yeah, it's, it's not as much cricket as we would like, but we hope that, you know, some other avenues open up through us throughout next year and we can we can play even more cricket. And what's the dream? What's the dream? Well, if you ask our girls, they want to go to a World Cup. So that's a pretty big dream, but, um, you know, dream big, I say. So, um, yeah, look, we just want to, we just want to get our girls as much exposure to cricket and ideally high quality cricket as we can. I think now that I've spent a fair bit of time with the girls, the, the thing that stands out to me is our girls are pretty skillful players. Like when I looked at all these other teams, you know, that were playing in this tournament, there were some really good teams, um, talking about the qualifiers. Our girls' skill sets matched up with any other team. You know, we had, we hit more sixes than any other team, even though we finished fifth. You know, we had our fast bowlers bowling really good bouncers, really good change-ups. We've got leg spinners that are genuinely like turning the ball. And we play a really exciting brand of cricket. The thing that we're probably lacking is just that strategy. And that's just come from, we haven't played enough cricket to understand the strategy of the game in a little bit more depth so you know if we can just play some more cricket you know that strategy will naturally come and you know we're doing as much to educate the girls on you know what how to get that strategy a little bit better and price has been a huge impact in that area so you know i think it'll be good for cricket it'll be good for women's cricket if png can play some more cricket because the brand of cricket that that we play naturally is really really exciting and you know lots of people are drawn to watch it yeah, we haven't had the exact success that we would like so far. Just we're just that little bit inconsistent because we haven't had that exposure. But my dream is for these girls to, yeah, play as much cricket as they can, have success as a team. But also I'd love for one of our girls to get picked up in the WBBL, in the 100, more players in fair break. I think, you know, the more exposure we can get them, the better. And, you know, I think, like I've said before, our girls could be a real vehicle for, you know, women in in PNG and I think you know that's that's not lost on me that you know I understand the gravity of that situation and I want to push for them to be able to do that as much as they can and have a big big impact on their community so yeah I, I just want these girls to play cricket as, as much as they can good quality cricket so if there's anyone out there that wants to sponsor us to do that we'd really really appreciate it but yeah it would be super exciting um yeah if these girls could play in a world cup and I know that's a big big dream of theirs so um yeah we'll, we'll push to play as much as we can one tournament at a time as they say but um yeah I, I just want these girls to get that exposure and experience because I think it's really, really exciting where, where this could head for them. I have this image of them sort of walking out into a World Cup, but with their kids as the mascots, you know, when you walk out with the kids. <laughs> like, actually, these are genuinely our kids. We have enough of them. And it's like, yeah, cats, kid that's care. pretty cool. You know, that's what you could do if you weren't a coach. Yeah. You'd be cats, kids care. Well, um, yeah, <laughs> we could run a crate. Well, girl, a lot of our, so we've got seven mothers and a lot of them have daughters, not a lot of sons. And they do joke. We've actually got the next 
Layla's team in the wings ready to go. So we've got our, our junior program as well within the same uh, family. But um, yeah, the, I mean, the other reason, Georgie, is we probably have the best uniform in world cricket. So, you know, it would be sad not to see that on uh, a World Cup stage. Our kid is genuinely, uh, everyone comments on it and it, it looks amazing. So um, we'd love to get that out there too. I mean, if you want to send us some some PNG shirts, we're more than happy, you know, <laughs> put it on the gram, put it on TikTok, you know, yeah, put it on socials. It is really yeah. beautiful. I've been eyeing up your jacket this whole time. It's, yeah, it's, it's good cash. Really good. It looks yeah, almost... Send some kit your way. It looks kind of like a bumblebee, a bit with the stumps and the ball, and then the, like, three bits this come is on. The, uh, this no, one here, this is a bird of paradise. That's oh, the other great. side. That's that looks like, yeah. Logo. It's fun. It's just really good stash. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Sivana Jimmy, our opening batter, because she actually got this logo tattooed on her leg. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, can you send us a picture, yeah. please? Yeah, I'll have to. I'll get her to send one. That is but, dedication. Um, you know, she loves the logo too. <laughs> that is dedication. If you guys get to a World Cup, I will get the logo. <laughs> we'll hold you to that, Georgie. But uh, yeah, there awesome. you go. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I've said it now. It's gone public and. Unless Alex like, spits it out. Let's get this viral. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably all we... We've kept you a very long time. I can tell it got dark where you are. And we could just finish off. We like to finish off with a few sort of quick fire questions that they're not very difficult, whatever, you know, they're just a bit fun. Okay. So one we always really like to start with is... Because um, this might be quite hard because you've probably never... I don't know if you've ever had English cricket tea, but one of our favourite ones is what's your favourite food item at a traditional cricket tea? Oh, that is a good question. Yeah, our teas are very different in Australia, I would say, to England. But in the WA squad, we used to talk about having a bowler's lunch. And that's in a 50-over game. You know, I was a bowler. When you bowl first, your job's essentially, you'd hope your job's done. And you just eat as much as you can. We call that a bowler's lunch. And that's much more fun than uh, when, you, <laughs> when you bat first and then you can't eat much because you've got to go out and bowl and you don't want to have um, too much food in your stomach. So I'm just going to be really general and say a bowler's lunch. Nice. I'm thinking meat pies, Tim Tams. Yeah. Well, everything. Go the curry, go e- anything heavy because um, you can put your feet up because you've done your job. You've had a bowl. <laughs> and then suddenly you're six down and you're like, oh, God, this is a terrible <laughs> idea. Well, yeah, that's happened too, Georgie. But anyway, <laughs> you live and you learn. It was worth it. Yeah, that's it. Favourite musician or artist? I'll, I'll do a shout out to an Australian artist, Gang of Youth. Never heard. We'll have to have a listen. Favourite sledge you've ever used or heard? <laughs> there you go. Look them up. <laughs> what was that question? Sorry, Jordy. Your favourite sledge you've ever heard or used? Oh. Um, Surely in Australia there's a lot of sledging going on. Yeah. They're never very intelligent, so they're not that memorable, Georgie, but um, I actually can't think of one. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to have to pass that. I just, yeah, sorry, mental blank, but I can't think of one there. That's all right. My favourite one is... The uh, Mitchell Johnson to Jimmy Anderson in the Ashes in like 2010, 2011, I think it is. And he goes, why yeah. are you chirping now, mate? Not getting any wickets. And then he bowls Peter Siddle. And I was like, that's just, uh, <laughs> that's just like a monumental oh. movie moment right there. That is pretty funny. Yeah, the timing of that. <laughs> I really like the sort of really childish ones. It's either going to be really clever and quite witty or just stupidly childish, like you smell, you know, just like someone that <laughs> off because it's so bad. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, there's probably been plenty of those in uh, yeah, Premier Cricket well, in Australia. <laughs> um, see? It's good. It's already put you off. Elise Perry oh, is literally just such an icon of not just Australian cricket, but Australian football as well. 
So she's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, dare I say she'd probably have the better maybe better of me uh, in this day and age. But yeah, I got I think I got Rachel Haynes out too. So I had a pretty good game in the end, which um they're pretty few and far between for me. So. Pretty happy with myself and we won the title so that was exciting there's no better feeling I guess as a bowler to like take the wickets the prize wickets of like the established internationals as well yeah absolutely I was probably that bowler that everyone tried to target when they played against so when it came off for me I was pretty happy favorite ground you've ever played at I'll have to say the Wacker I made my debut on the Wacker so I've got special memories there and then I ended up playing for Western Australia and that was our home ground so I'll say um I'll say the Wacker in Perth Go-to karaoke song. Oh, I stay clear of karaoke as much as I can. Jeez, I oh, can't think of a song. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely not me, Alex. So <laughs> there would be none. I'd run out of the room. If you could whack any bowler for six, male or female, who would it be? I'd probably have to say Catherine Blunt because she's just got that, I guess, grumpy on-field competitive persona. And um, I just think that would be hilarious if I could whack her for six. If, if I hit her for six, it would probably be a bouncer that I top edge and it goes over the keeper's head. But um, yeah, that would be pretty cool if I could hit her for six, though. As a bowler, if you could bowl anyone, male or female, who would it be and why? I remember watching... Um, uh, we had some pretty bad bushfires here a few years ago and they did a charity, a bushfire relief game and, and Sachin Tanduka actually played in that and uh, Elise Perry bowled to him, which was pretty cool. And I just thought, yeah, what a, what a special thing to do to be able to bowl to, you know, arguably one of the best batters of all time. So um, that would be pretty cool to bowl to him. What would be your dream ground to play at? Uh, I think I just have to say Lords when I, the home of cricket. I've been there, but never played a game there. So just I think the prestige and being able to say you played a game at Lords would be pretty cool. If you hadn't done cricket, what would your dream job be? Oh, well, to be honest, Georgie, I can't imagine my life without cricket because I've played it since I can remember. One of my earliest memories was playing cricket. So um, I probably wouldn't have accomplished much. I'll tell you that much. Cricket has opened a lot of doors for me. So, <laughs> I can't so you wouldn't be like joining a circus or something? No, I wouldn't have thought so. But um, oh, yeah, it's probably a bit of a scary thought for me to... to um, to think about if, if I didn't play cricket because I swear I've you know met most of my good friends and had my best memories in life so I've never really gone down that path well luckily you don't have to I'm not great at hypotheticals I'll be honest Alex do you have any more to add cool well yeah honestly it's been absolutely phenomenal to speak to you today that we've learned so much about PNG cricket about you about where it's going and I really think you've got something magic there that we're all going to have to keep our eyes out for in the future and it's so exciting to hear and I can't wait to get my tattoo of the, the PNG logo when you get to that World Cup. <laughs> um, it's been so fab chatting and thank you for taking time out of your evening in the middle of Waka Waka. Well, whack, 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 whack. Whack, whack, not Waka Waka, that's a Shakira song. <laughs> nah, me, nah, me, nah, eh, eh, waka Waka, eh. I've been watching far too much Cricket World oh, Cup in Wak Wak. It's been amazing to chat to you and I really look forward to seeing what the future brings for png can't wait to see some of the girls at fair break hopefully and if you can get there that'd be even more fab and thank you so much we've absolutely loved it haven't we alex thanks for having me just before Mm -hmm. we go is there anywhere our listeners can find you and png cricket all over social media yeah absolutely cricket pngs on instagram and facebook i think just as cricket png and i'm more of an instagram user not so much facebook but yeah i'm on there i think it's just my name if you want to follow along i've been trying to post a little bit about the girls recently actually give them a bit more exposure so feel free to, to have a look and, and join in Fab. well thank you so much and we will we will let you get off to your evening and you you can you can have a nice evening but oh that was exhausting chatting to those people they needed to talk to. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not at all. No, it's good fun. It's good fun. And I think like it's really special that there's people like you in the in the women's game that, you know, not only giving exposure to some of the full members, but, you know, associates as well. I think there's some incredible stories out there and it's fair break have got the right person involved in you, um, in you, Georgie, because, you know, you're the person to share share the stories and get this sort of stuff out there. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at GeorgieHeath27, at CassieCoombs98, at Mehika Barshni, and I'm at Alex James. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time. Go, 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 go